Meeting time. Tim Callis show. Harry Lyles Jr. Israel Gutierrez just passing through here. How about that paddle? Chargers don't matter that much. The Chargers are one and two when they look just terrible. From a Charger standpoint, this is bad news right now. Mm. I'm tired of talking mm -hmm. about this team, and they never do anything. Are any of you guys going to be in this I video? Any around the horn paddle? I got Let's no see. faith in them at this point. Chargers playing up the receipts card. It's perfect. But could it come back to haunt them days before playoff game number one? Let's go around the horn. Chargers overrated. I'll tell you what Chargers are overrated. I can't get a Charger to work here for me. I'm at 3% by 9 a.m. every day. We'll get to that in a second. Sean Payton's season is what we start with. The reporting from Nick Underhill. New Orleans Football Network. All five teams with coach openings have called on Sean Payton, and all three of them have passed through so far to the meeting stage here, because the Saints do have deciding factor in this as he's still under contract. So, permission to talk, Cardinals, Broncos, Texas. A meeting with Denver, reported to be next Tuesday. Mina Kimes, is there a team that is best fit for Payton? Is there a Payton that is best fit for a team? <laughs> well, I'll start by saying I think he's a good fit for every team mm -hmm. that needs okay. a head coach. There's a reason why he's so desirable. He's one of the most brilliant offensive play callers in the history of the sport. When he coached the Saints, not only did they win the division seven times, it was the highest scoring coach and team pairing in NFL history. And perhaps even more impressive is what he did during the downturn of Drew Brees' career. You remember them going also 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. So, there's a reason we're talking about him screening calls or who's passing through. Now, as far as who Sean Payton would like to coach, that's where things get interesting because to me it comes down to whether he wants to be part of a quarterback rehab or a rebuild. A rebuild is a situation with the Texans who don't have a quarterback, but if he likes or thinks he can turn things around with either Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, I suspect he'd go for one of those teams. He's been complimentary of Murray in the past. I would like to see that pairing, but ultimately it's going to come down to what Peyton wants. Tim Kalisha, is there a team that's a great fit with Sean Payton? Well, I don't think so in this group. I'll tell you this. In 2004, Cowboys offensive coordinator Sean Payton had a chance to interview for the Raiders, and Bill Parcells called him in and said, you do not want to coach the Raiders, okay? And Jerry Jones gave him more money, and he stayed a year, and he got the Saints job, and he became a, a coaching legend. I don't think you're going to add to your legend in any of these places. If I had to pick one, reluctantly, I would pick Arizona. And I say reluctantly because I don't think Kyler Murray is necessarily a quarterback who's going to get better. I think he's going to continue to be very uneven in his play, no matter what kind of guru he has in his year, ear. And I think there are better jobs out there than these. Talk about adding to his legend. Tim, you just added to your legend. We knew the Al Davis impression you do was as, as good as they come. The Bill Parcells kind of sounded like Al Davis, actually, now that you mentioned it. But, but pretty here. good. Harry Lyles Jr., how about you? I think of all the teams that we're talking about, Arizona makes the most sense because I think Kyler Murray's got the highest ceiling. But to me, if you're Sean Payton, the reason I don't think he goes for any of these is because of what he did this past year. He was in doing broadcasting. To me, anytime you've ever spoken to a former head coach, GM, or any other front office person that has been on this side of this equation, right, that we do in sports world, whether it's being out there or in the media, it, the answer is always the same as to, hey, the only way I would get back into this is for the perfect job. And if he does not find any of these to be the perfect job, then he will not go back. 
and he's also in the rare position of having basically what's going to be his choice. If I were him, I would personally either wait out Dallas or even the Chargers because those are seem to be the two situations under which you would not have to go through a rebuild as a man that is 59 years old. And Israel Gutierrez. Yeah, so sort of the ideal situation I would think for him would be Dallas or one of the L.A. teams when they come available. It doesn't even have to be this year. He could sit out a year, three more years, and still be a very well-wanted uh, coach there. But if you look at the three contenders there, and Mina mentioned the rehab project, if I'm the Denver Broncos, I have, argue, I have the best case for that. Because you're talking about Russell Wilson, and yes, and she, Mina mentioned what uh, he did with the back end of Drew Brees' career. Russell Wilson, we've seen what he can do. And the argument is, hey, Russell Wilson was failed by a system this year. We lost eight one-score games. You know, those couple games after Hackett was fired, mm -hmm. Russell looked better. And so you can make a better argument for him being able to have that rehab project with the roster around him, more so even than Kyler Murray, who, as Tim mentioned, you have question marks about his work ethic. No such questions about Russell's. Mita Kimes, I'll bring you back in there if you want to address anything Israel just said. Yeah, Izzy mentioned both LA teams. We've heard Sean Payton linked the Chargers. I kind of think that doesn't happen the Rams' job is one to keep an eye on. We are waiting to hear what's going to happen with Sean McVay. There's been a lot of reports about him considering leaving the NFL. They have a quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and I have to think that would be okay. enticing to Peyton. Nobody's rushing to say Houston as an attractive job opening. Nobody, nobody's rushing to say Indianapolis as, as where you want to be. <laughs> Super wild card weekend. Preview to the preview. Here we go. Courtesy of the LA Chargers. Chargers don't matter that much. The Chargers are one and two when they look just terrible. From a Chargers standpoint, this is bad news right now. I'm sick and tired of talking about this team, and they never do anything. News up. I can't imagine the Chargers winning this one. I've got no faith in them at this point. That is a social media team playing at the highest level at the right time and in playoff form. Chargers playing the receipts card, but Tim. Does this play well for the Chargers going into this weekend? I don't think so. I mean, look, they got the top wild card uh, in, in the AFC after a season in which Keenan Allen missed a ton of games. Mike Williams missed games. Key defensive players missed games. They got through it okay. They didn't catch the Chiefs, but they're, they're there. But on the other hand, they could easily lose to Jacksonville, a franchise that's made fun of more than the Chargers are and a team that was 3-7 and seven about two months ago. And so to be putting this out loud now like they've already accomplished something. They haven't done it yet. They need to win a game or two in the playoffs. Then they can talk back. Nina Kimes? Well, I think it's a pretty safe play because they're just dunking on the media, which everybody loves, mm -hmm. as opposed to mm -hmm. dunking on Jacksonville, which, to Tim's point, could backfire at the risk of providing fodder for the next Chargers video. This is not an easy matchup for them. Mm -hmm. That Jacksonville pass rush has really looked ferocious lately. We know about the Chargers' struggles in pass protection, and Trevor Lawrence has been playing out of his mind. I think this is going to be one of the closest games of the weekend. Uh, so if I was the Chargers, I'd maybe lay a little low. Mm -hmm. Israel? I mean, first of all, poor Mike Greenberg. All he said was they were one and two and they just looked terrible. There are people in that same locker room who were probably saying at that point, we look terrible. Green, and so Green, he's doing all right. Seats. But uh, overall, I love it. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. But overall, I love it. I'm with Mina. You pick a fight with the media, who's not going to yeah. take your side, right? But I also see it more as a motivation for the team itself. Hey, look what they said, and this is what we did. Now they're probably saying those same things. Let's go ahead and do something this time. Mm -hmm. Harry Lyles, Jr., 
You know, Tony, you asked a very important question, in, which was as to whether or not the Chargers social media team would actually care if they lost. And of course they don't, because we're talking about the social media team account that has left a tweet saying, yeah. I need, I'm so hungry, I need to go get my wife from P.F. Chang's since 2009. Of course they don't care what's up there. And I think <laughs> this was a beautifully executed tweet because they had not just the network of the people that were talking smack, they had the time and the date. This was just so well played yeah, I thought it was, I think it's in a, a world where we're recycling video. so I mean, many bits. You got it. <laughs> You got to win no matter what this weekend, but to have this video out there, they beautifully constructed, and it's what you want. You want the energy. People talking about your team, they're going to talk about you anyway, right? That brings us to Super Wild Card Weekend Preview. We're going to talk about them right now, the matchups. You're seeing the teams. Mina just flagged Jacksonville, L.A. as a possible Upset, although I'm not even sure you can call it upset. I'm looking for an upset, Harry. The AFC or NFC team most likely to pull an upset this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, I need to be added to the Chargers video because I'm going with Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> has been playing great football. He's completed about 68% of his passes in their last five consecutive wins that they've had. Eight touchdowns, just two picks. And they have the right leadership. Doug Peterson was the coach of the Eagles when they made their run in 2017. Not saying the Jags are going to do that, but he is 4-1 and one as an underdog in the postseason. Tim Callishaw. You know, I don't even know who the underdog should be Monday night. I, I realize Dallas is about a two-point favorite, but they're the road team. And they're oh, not would exactly you stop, would you stop trying to lower expectations? I think Dallas is going to win that game. But beyond that, if that's not an upset, if that doesn't count, they're going to win because of turnovers. Uh, then I'm going. I'm riding with Harry. I think Jacksonville is going to beat uh, the Chargers, okay. and the Chargers are going to have to. That is a home team and a division winner, but we're going to allow it for this conversation. Mina, one one matchup you're flagging here. Yeah, I've got my eye on the Bucks winning, not just because the Cowboys, not just because of the turnovers, but also because this Dallas defense has been so vulnerable to the deep pass on account of all the injuries in the secondary over the last six weeks. They've allowed a QBR of 100 on 20-yard-plus passes, which is second worst in the NFL. And Tom Brady finally seems to be connecting with Mike Evans down Israel Gutierrez. Okay, in an effort to stay off the next receipts video, I'm also going to do what Tony loves. I'm going to swing for the fences. I've got my eye on the Seahawks. That's right, Mina. Because the 49ers have, are 0-4 this season when they have multiple turnovers. Can I see a Brock Purdy accidentally turning the ball over twice and finally having a bad game? Can I see maybe a couple of fumbles going their way? Absolutely. And, yes, the Seahawks maybe aren't the team in position to best do that. But if you think about it, before the season, they had a 19% chance to make the playoffs. And here they are. And Geno Smith. Okay, so they've done a lot of things that you wouldn't expect. So there, I'm picking the Seahawks to upset the 49 Did you just make an argument or did you just maybe make a shot? In the, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out Kalisha's argument. Who do you have in Tampa versus Dallas? <laughs> I have Dallas. I, they sh- I don't know why they're favored. They should be favored. Has anybody watched them play? Oh, they have four the more wins. Six weeks? They have four more wins, Tim. That's why they're favored. They have four more wins. They just got... I'm, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not making an argument either way. I just like how you're trying to lower expectations for the team you cover. You lower them and then they build them up. Taking a break right here. Buy or sell next. I'm going to be on the 49ers receipts list. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. I'm sure you guys have read some of the same stuff that I've seen. There's, there's no defense for this, and people should not be defending me uh, over this thing, no matter what. My other punishment is that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, whether it be media, fighters, friends, acquaintances, who had respect for me might not have respect for me now. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life that are way more of a punishment than what? I take a 30-day, 60-day absence? That does, that's not a punishment to me. The video of Dana White and his wife, Ann White, in public in a physical altercation New Year's Eve. A warning. We're about to show it once. Ann slapping Dana. Dana slapping Ann twice after that. A little bit of a... Of a physical melee after that, some jockeying around. This video's been out for 10 days. There had been no official comment from the UFC or from White's business partners, minus White to TMZ for a snippet. ESPN, the UFC's domestic broadcast partner, has declined comment. So has Endeavor, parent company of the UFC, and so has TBS, broadcast partner of Dana White's upcoming Power Slap League, except to move the debut of that league back a week. It has been silence there and more from parties involved. California Legislative Women's Caucus publicly denouncing that silence this week. And now this. White did say there has been internal discussions with ESPN. Israel, how did you hear White there and how do you consider this in its entirety? Well, this is obviously multi-layered, but what bothers me the most about this is this sort of focus on the punishment as if a certain dollar amount or a certain number of days of suspension would soothe people with this. I just don't think that's the case. I think what would soothe me is if I saw Dana White becoming an active participant in support of abused women. If he were to sort of change, if we could see somebody who's going to be on, on television weekly, bi-weekly, if we can see somehow him changing whatever part of it was uh, of him that was that made him do that, right? If a guy like that who can flip the script on this subject, somebody who has clearly not taken domestic violence very seriously or seriously enough when he had Greg Hardy on a main card shortly after his very troubling domestic violence issue while he was with the NFL. If he were to flip that script rather than sink into the shame of it, of being a domestic abuser and just become somebody who champions that, that again, somebody who's on camera all the time and it's visible to others, that I think would have way much more of an influence than just some random dollar amount. What we don't want to hear or see is the abuser effectively saying, hey, I can't be punished 
punished anymore because I'm already punished enough or I am too powerful to be punished any further. I'll just sink into the shade. How do you that hear that? How do you hear uh, uh, you can't punish me more than I've already punished myself? That's not exactly what he said there, but to, to an effect. I mean, I hear that as a level of truth, right? There's a, le there's a level of truth to that, but you have to find a way to, to, to show responsibility, to claim responsibility other than just saying, hey, I take this, this uh, subject seriously now because there have been enough incidents in the past that show maybe he doesn't. Parallels Jr. Yeah, and to that point, I feel it's kind of counterproductive to try to put a number on, hey, do enough people forgive me so I can feel better about myself because of this. Uh, the other really big piece of this for me is I feel like Dana White is sort of confusing punishment with consequence. To me, people losing respect for you because of what you did and because of you having to wear a perceived label because of what you did, those are not punishments that you receive. Those are consequences of your own actions. And so to me, if you are Dana White, and it pretty much sounds like he feels like he cannot receive a, a punishment within his work that is going to be adequate enough, if he truly feels that way, that's fine. But to me, if you truly feel sorry about what you did and you want to be proactive against this thing that you have said in the past multiple times that is wrong, you have to find within yourself, hey, what are the things that brought me to get to this point and rehabilitate yourself? One, so that doesn't happen again. And then other actionable items. That speaks to Dana White from maybe the person perspective, and that's important, and, and Dana and Anne, the married couple, but there's also Dana, the company head, and there's the business partner, Tim Kalashaw. I'll bring you in here on how you heard White yesterday. You know, I think there's a major point Dana White was making that is very valid. He's just the wrong guy to be making it. And I've tried to say this in different topics through the years, whether it was a coach or a broadcaster, some sort of prominent person doing or saying something we thought was so egregious it could cost them their job. I've tried to make the point that just costing someone their job when they're at a point where they have enough money to go play golf in Florida the rest of their life anyway, that's not that much of a punishment. They're walking away from ever being accountable for what they just did. And if his point, though, as Israel said, if his point, though, is that he's got so much money that a fine isn't going to hurt him, then take some of that money. Take a million dollars. Donate it to a women's shelter. Do something on that side of this whole domestic abuse argument, and you can change the tone of the story. Amina Kimes. You know, I believe Dana White when he says he feels like the stain on his reputation is the worst punishment, but his feelings aren't really what matters here. What matters is the message that's going to be sent um, by any inaction to fans, viewers, fighters, survivors who are witnessing this unfold. And that message, which has to come from White, UFC, and his partners, needs to contain an element of accountability. What that accountability looks like in terms of reduced visibility or fine or, and this might be the best option, implementation of stricter rules going forward for the entire UFC, I'm not so sure. But if nothing happens, then the only takeaway from this is that damage to his reputation, not, and pardon me, also that there will be a double standard. Mm -hmm. The UFC statement, HBO Real Sports, this was many years ago, 2015, UFC requires all athletes to act in an ethical and responsible manner in their conduct policy, including domestic violence. Uh, due process by an independent party. We'll look into it. Do we know of any of that happening? Do we have any visibility into that? And then, of course, the business partners. Uh, the current contract with Endeavor, with ESPN. There's a TV show called the Power Slap League. That, that's right on the horizon. Slap, literally the word, is in the title of the league. And uh, the visibility into that. Still questions. 
you don't, I don't know if you just get to say, you know, I've been punished, uh, we move on. I don't know if that's, that's where this ends. I do appreciate your thoughts on that. And we now take a break here, and coming up we'll have Mr. Tim Kalashaw, Mr. Harry Lyles Jr. in Showdown. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Kalashaw, Lyles, good luck in showdown. Ian Rappaport reporting that the Raiders have begun looking at the trade market for Derek Carr. Carr has a no-trade clause, but it appears he wants to move on. Say goodbye today on Instagram. Tim, how would you describe the Derek Carr trade market? Uh, interesting and probably growing. Are the Jets ready to pull the plug on the Zach Wilson decision? It looks like they are. Washington needed another half win to be a playoff team this year. He could fix either of those teams and probably a couple others. I do think the market is going to be abundant because, look, he's not a bad quarterback. He's not great. He's a good quarterback, a good locker room presence, a good leader. There's plenty of teams, whether they're young or old, that could use a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You both agree. Abundant. I, I, the money there is a big issue. Why don't you wait till they cut him and money. then you, you just pick him up? We'll split the no, point. We'll move on. We'll get He's a QB that can get you a half a win. We'll split the point. Pistons, 135. Timberwolves, 118. Timberwolf. Austin Rivers, quote, we lost by 20 to the Pistons, man. Harry, is that more insulting to the Pistons or your own team? It's definitely more insulting to the Pistons because that says that sounds like something a fan would say. I'm sure the players say that behind the scenes all the time, but to actually hear it from Austin Rivers is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's insulting to the Pistons, unnecessary. The Wolves lost all these close games to the to the to Memphis last year in the playoffs. People thought they were going to bounce back, have a big year. The, the Wolves have their own problems. The wolves have their own. Fix those first. Problem. Worry about somebody else later. Point split. We move on. Showdown three. It all comes down to this very important video. The referee making a ruling on the broadcast. Gay Billis and Jimmy Dykes. Okay. Jimmy Dykes had the fried fish sampler while getting the explanation. Tim, can you offer the ref fried fish? And can the ref accept that? Can you see the hush puppies on that plate? How does the ref turn that down? Jay Billis is really interested in the call. Jimmy Dykes just wants to get to the food, and why shouldn't he? That looks wonderful. Harry? Beautiful. Let's bring the show full circle. That plate right there that you see, we get a lot of good food in broadcasting. That is why Sean Payton is going to take his time getting out of this business. 
<laughs> I didn't follow what you were doing there. Full circle. Ah, Harry Lyles, who make a host out of you yet? There you go, 30 seconds of FaceTime. A lot of people have been asking as to whether or not Stetson Bennett is going to get a shot in the NFL, if he should be drafted, this, that, and the other. Look, he's probably going to get a shot. He's probably going to be on an NFL roster, but that also does not matter. If you're Stetson Bennett, dude, go be college football Shaquille O'Neal. Go put your name, go put your face on every single product that starts with a letter, which, yes, that means all of them. You are going to make so much money that Stetson Bennett, the 12th, is going to be able to send his kids to college for free. Go do that for yourself. <laughs> What do you think of the idea I had a couple days ago that the XFL should right now just bring in a bank vault and put it in front of Seth yeah. Bennett? That's the type, I mean, build your league around that guy. We'll see you tomorrow around the horn. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. <laughs> 